welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. (laughs) Welcome to episode 36 of the Karen Kenny Show. (laughs) So... Happy to be here with you guys and uh, talk about some stuff that I'm excited about. So I'm just going to jump right in, cut right to the chase. <laughs> no, no screwing around here on the Karen Kenny Show today. <laughs> All right. So uh, today, episode 36, we're going to talk about mentors. I guess if I was trying to say that without an accent, I would say mentors. It's like so hard for me to say. <laughs> I would say it mentors and tormentors, okay? <laughs> mentors and tormentors is the subject of our little conversation today on the show. And I want to start off with this. So I'm going to just start, I'm going to start with mentors. And I'm going to say that my life would be totally different if I did not have mentors in my life, if I did not have um, teachers who were, um, you know, women, let's just say this. So after my mom died, right, having women who stepped into my life in the role as surrogate moms or quote unquote aunties or whatever the roles that they played, um, these women who uh, were wicked helpful to me, Uh, in navigating the world, my new quote unquote reality, what I would call small uh, reality, because capital uh, reality is that uh, we are one with God. We are an idea in the mind of God and we've never actually left God that we are, uh, you know, uh, into eternity. We're always one. Like that's where we're really hanging out, but we're having this experience of being a separate body down here in the illusion. But down here in the illusion, I have found it wicked helpful to have these people who have stepped into my life in many roles, not just women. And I've also had men over the years, um, older men step into my life who played the roles of like uncles or like father figures or like whatever, who kind of stepped into my life and were powerful mentors for me as well. You know, and for me, a mentor is somebody who has like gone first, meaning usually um, through experience or age, just by the fact that they were born before you, they have more practical experience, right? They have more hands-on experience as something that an elder can gift to you as somebody who's coming up behind them. And um, I just think for myself, and I've had mentors in many different roles. I've had like coaches, like meaning like my sports coaching, like I grew up, uh, played softball from the time I was like four, uh, all through through high school. I had cheerleading coaches and cheerleading mentors. So I had physical coaches in, in the athletics, right? In the athletic realm. I've had spiritual mentors. I've had teachers of like so many kinds, business mentors, right? In the last two years, I've had business mentors, which has been incredible. So here's what I'm trying to say. Mentors can be a really, really, really powerful thing. 
But here's the other thing about mentors, and I might do a whole show on coaches and mentors because I got a lot to say about that. But I will concisely say that mentors are commonly viewed as a positive thing, right? They're folks that can come in and do a little hand-holding and help you to glean the wisdom that exists within you. And this is the key part, right? What any, what any fucking mentor and or coach worth their salt, what they're going to do is simply keep pointing back to your own inner teacher. They're going to keep encouraging you. I always say, right, don't fall in love with the pointers, right? Meaning the mentors. Don't fall in love with the ones who are pointing. Fall in love with what we're pointing to or pointing at. And for me as a mentor, what I'm always pointing back to is your own inner teacher, which I happen to call in a very friendly, fun way, your spiritual team, which really just is, they're the representation of God's love in your mind. They're the representation of the spirit that you are, right? So I always say, um, you know, mentors are great, but tormentors can take you a long way too. <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. But any good mentor worth their salt, they're not just, you know, trying to boss you around and give you advice and tell you what's right for you or what's good for you. Yes, they can obviously give advice, but really what they're extending to you is the wisdom or what they're trying to glean from you or draw from you, or again, like I said, point to is the inner teacher, the inner guru, right? Guru is a Sanskrit word, which literally means um, the one who brings um, the one who brings truth to ignorance, or the one who dispels ignorance, or the one who brings light to the darkness, right? And that has to exist within you. So you, on on some level, are your own greatest mentor. But sometimes it's very helpful to have an external teacher, if the caveat here, if they're not trying to make themselves a new false God in your world. I hear what I'm saying, right? You are the expert of you. You are the expert. You are the guru. You are, right? You have your own inner teacher. Some people call it Jesus. Some people call it Holy Spirit. Some people call it spiritual team. Some people call it the voice for God. I don't care what you call it. I don't get hung up on the name. But I want you to know that you always have within you the wisdom and you have the access to that wisdom should you care enough to sit your ass down and get quiet enough to hear it. Because the voice for God comes to the quiet mind. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> of Course in Miracles tells us the voice for God comes to the quiet mind. It doesn't come to the shrieking, raving, mad, insane, uh, Cirque du Soleil, swirling, inner clown circus mind. It comes to the quiet and still mind, right? That's why you can see in so many spiritual traditions the, the, the phrase, a version of this phrase, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Like you could break that sucker all the way down to, the, to the, that little element of, of, of genius direction and guidance of mentorship, which is simply be. <laughs> it doesn't say do or think or get or manifest or what. It just says be. 
be the love that you are, be the light of the world that you are, okay? So mentors are great, but mostly a, mentor's, a good mentor's job is to keep reflecting back to you the divine within yourself, to keep reflecting back to you the brilliance within you. Yes, they can obviously, if they've had experiences and they've gone ahead of you, right, just in their life circumstances, they report back, right? It's not like they never give advice. I'm just saying, don't give your power away to anybody, anybody, including your parents, including the church, like anybody. I always say, like, you know, sometimes I'll be like, look, I'm so strong in this belief that if the Pope himself, <laughs> if Jesus himself showed up, you know, I'm not going to like, listen, da, 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 I'd laugh, right? Jokingly, because I believe that the quote unquote Jesus, the inner teacher is within me. Uh, and I just have to do my part with daily non-negotiable spiritual practices to quiet the chatter of my mind so I can tap into the wisdom that already exists. Okay. So that's a little quickie on mentors, but here's the thing that's so fascinating. We often think that the only value that we can get from an external teacher like a mentor is if they teach us things that we would label quote unquote positive, right? We often associate, oh, it's my mentor. I love my mentor, right? Like, oh, people are like, oh my God, this is my spiritual mentor, right? And it's beautiful. The, the mentor and mentee, or I would say the mentor, right? <laughs> the mentor and mentee relationship is a sacred one. It is one that has to be built on genuine trust and respect, right? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we place a lot of value on that mentorship relationship because we tend to see it as a powerful and positive one. However, we sometimes don't give enough credit to how powerful a tormentor can actually be. Remember, mentors are great. They're fucking cool. They're wicked good. But a tormentor can also take you a wicked long way. And I mean by that is, you know, there are so many, I mean, dude, I can tell you guys so many stories, but I kind of sum it up like this. Here's a, here's a, here's a simple one. So I once went out to Kripalu. And for those of you who don't know, Kripalu, uh, Kripalu is the largest yoga center uh, you know, we could call it wellness center. It's a yoga meditation center, um, out in the Berkshires, out in West, Western Massachusetts. I am, um, a certified Kripalu yoga teacher. I have been for Jesus Christ, like 20 years. It's been a wicked long time. <laughs> so, uh, I love Kripalu. It is what I call, we jokingly, those of us who are in the Kripalu tradition, we often, often call it the mothership. <laughs> so if you've never been to Kripalu, it's amazing. Uh, Kripalu and another spot, uh, Omega, they're really great institutions of learning, of yoga, meditation, everything. So check them out, man. I, I, I teach at Omega. I've taught there like four summers in a row. It was like amazing. Um, maybe I'll teach there next year. I don't know. We'll see. But it's been a fantastic ride. And I think it's important that um, you know that these places of learning and spirituality exist because being able to go uh, on retreat or go and learn from some of your favorite teachers in these beautiful spots, which are designed to set you up for success. <laughs> Literally, the campuses, the buildings, the atmosphere, the environment. So anyways, my whole point being, 
I went, I drove out to uh, Kripalu one time. This is many, many, many years ago. And I was really excited to go learn from this yoga teacher who was quote unquote, one of the yoga rock stars from like back in the day, right? And look, it's no short junk. That's like a four hour drive for me to get my ass in the car and drive all the way out to the Berkshires. You know what I'm saying? Like Lennox Mass is not like down the fucking street from Loudoun <laughs> in New Hampshire. So I'm like, okay. So, but I've been there many, many, many times when I did my yoga teacher training there. I lived there for a month. Um, so it's always a joy to go there. But I was like, all right, I'm going to go learn from this quote unquote, like rock star yoga teacher, this person who could be a, like, you know, a mentor, like a dis long distance mentor, whatever. And I'd heard all these stories about them. And I was like, I always, I, I am of the um, kind of mindset that I don't care I don't care if yoga journal gives you five stars. I don't care if everybody in the world has drank your Kool-Aid and everybody thinks you're the shit. I always have to have my own personal experience. And that works both ways too. Like if somebody's talking shit about somebody and saying they're an awful person or they're evil or they're bad or they're whatever based on this, 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 and this, I always reserve the right to have my own experience of them. Like I'm not going to get on the train of hate just because you're my pal, you're my friend, and you automatically hate this person for something you say that they did to you. I like to, uh, not that I'm not a loyal friend, but you know, I've got to have my own experience and I'm not going to condemn a brother or a sister just because somebody else tells me, nor am I going to put them up on a pedestal. I don't try not to put anybody up on a pedestal. I might respect a lot of people, but I save my awe for God, you know, as A Course in Miracles says. So, so here we are. I go out to Kripalu. I'm so fucking jazzed, you guys. Like I'm standing outside the doors to the main chapel, to the biggest room in the building at the time, right? And it's like, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go in. We're going to have this experience, you know? And so actually it wasn't the chapel. It was on the first floor. It was Shadowbrook, actually. They were holding it, I think, in Shadowbrook, which is the biggest room at the time. So, you know, we get ready to like go in. There's a lot of buzz, a lot of stuff because, ooh, famous yoga teacher, right? And we go in and I am a front row learner. Double A men hands for anybody else who uh, is kind of a geek and a nerd like me. Uh, I almost never, ever, 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 ever will sit in the back of a room unless, right, I, like this might be too, TMI or whatever, but unless my irritable bowel is flaring up, if my IBS is flaring up, you might find me often on a, you know, in the back of the room just so I have easy access to a bathroom. But I almost always try to be up in the front row, partially because I'm a little deaf. <laughs> as my sweetie as my and I often joke, I'm like deaf as a haddock. I don't even know, do haddocks here? But I don't know why we just picked that fish. We always say, you're deaf as a haddock. <laughs> So I am, I'm a little deaf. And um, so I don't want to miss what people are saying. But there's also something about the energy, about being at the front of the room and being really close to the action. Uh, I, I can understand that other people, you know, like for sound, like my sweetie as a musician, he almost will never sit in the front row of a thing by choice because the best sound is actually back where the, where, where, where the soundboard is because the sound engineer is almost always getting the best sound in the room because of where the PA is, is, right? So everybody has their different preferences, but I personally like to sit at the front of the room. Okay, so we go into this workshop, put my mat on the floor, front row, like so jazzed, okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm up front. This is going to be awesome. And several things, and several things start to happen, okay? <laughs> Number one, the rock star comes into the room, okay? And this dude is just like gallivanting around like you think the fucking second coming of Christ had just entered the room, right? So they come into the room, everybody's getting all jazzed, you know, and he was a good looking guy. And so all the ladies are getting a little like, woo, like flustered or whatever, you know, and I'm just like, whatever, man. 
you know? And so I'm just checking them out. Just like, I'm like, keep an open mind, like just have the experience. Let's see what happens. Okay. Within the first 15 minutes, this teacher proceeds to do several things that not only turned me off, but completely at the time pissed me off. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Uh, everything from snapping, snapping at an assistant, right? So, uh, you know, there, there are Kripalu yoga teachers who will often come. If a, if a teacher does not travel with their own assistant, um, they'll often be um, people from Kripalu or Kripalu teachers who will volunteer to assist. And so this was a really big program. There's a ton of people in the room. So there were like several assistants. So he started snapping his fingers at an assistant, which first of all, I was like, um, and the way that, that, that they talked to the assistant was such a turnoff, number one. Number two, um, they kind of had this attitude of superiority. It was not a warm and fuzzy welcoming. And I'm not saying that every teacher's style should be wicked warm and fuzzy. Like they have to represent the truth of themselves and where they are in their own process and development and spirituality. You know, like I get all that. But I was just like, it was just like weird. And, 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 and I was just like not digging the vibe or the tone. And then this teacher without, because it's a, it's, a, it's a long story, but so I'll, I'll shorten it. And so without going into too much more detail, this teacher then proceeded to do um, a yoga class in which they would continually say things to us like, I don't care if, I don't care if you, now I have said those words too, like, I don't care if you can't go all the way into the posture. This isn't about that. This is about adapting, right? So using, starting a sentence with those words, but in a positive way, there was a positive outcome to that. That was not the case here. It was like, I don't care how flexible you are. You don't impress me, like blah, 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 right? Like whatever the example was, but I just know it wasn't very nice. It wasn't very kind. It did not feel compassionate. Then this person did like the big thing, the biggest thing that like turned me off is he offered up a Q&A and then proceeded to publicly embarrass a woman who was brave enough to ask a question. Okay. So I just drove four hours, put my bags in my room, right? Ate a tiny bit of dinner, only a little bit of dinner because you don't, I don't want to practice on a full stomach. Right. So uh, we have a yoga practice where he walks around the room like he's the fucking uh, king of the universe. <laughs> and we all sit down and uh, he proceeds to embarrass this woman. And I am a highly, like many of you, right? Highly sensitive person. I don't like bullies. I don't like people. I, I'm not a fan. I've always told people this. I am not a fan of practical jokes. I know there are people who love practical jokes. I'm not a fan of anything that is supposed to like make somebody look stupid, feel bad, embarrass them. Like not like that to me is never funny. I just don't think it's nice. You know what I mean? So I proceeded to watch this person uh, degrade this person in front of a whole room full of people. And I could see the shame and embarrassment on this person's face. And I was like, okay. So there was like a short break and then we were coming back for like part two or whatever later on. And I literally, I'd only been in the building for probably like 90 minutes. <laughs> I saw enough to make a judgment, to make a discernment, not sitting there saying like, oh, I was judging that person. But in the moment I definitely was like, I was using my, like my ego mind was just like, nope, nope. I'm going to finally get to my point about the tormentors, right? Sit tight with me. So I was just like, nope. So I roll up my mat and I leave. I go up to my room. I pack my bags and I go. I forfeited because I had my own private room. So I forfeited probably like a thousand dollars 
drove, went back out into the parking lot, got in my car and drove home that same night, another four hours home. Because this is the thing about tormentors that I often say, and this is the part where the value lies. Yes, I might've lost some money and I could have asked for my money back, I'm sure. But at the time I was like, get me the fuck out of here. So I got in my car, I drove home. I might've lost money. But what I gained from this, and he wasn't tormenting me, but I see, I just want you to glean the value of this is how we can be in a situation where the outcome is not perfect, right? Where we're like, wow, that is so uncool. But valuable, valuable lesson. This person taught me how I never, ever, ever, ever want to be as a leader in a room, as a yoga teacher, as somebody who's holding space for other people, as somebody who's supposed to create a safe container for people to feel like they can let down, like put down their dukes and let down their God and be seen and heard. Those people did not pay all that money to be embarrassed, to be harassed, to be bullied, to be made to feel small or stupid. So it taught me a lot. It was so valuable to go, yeah, thank you so much, Rockstar. Never want to be like that, right? Never want to do that. So I gleaned from the situation what was helpful and valuable. And um, look, I also hold the belief that people can have a bad day, that that person just might not have been at their best. And I'm sure he has grown so much. He's still a you know, famous yoga teacher. So I'm sure he um, uh, is, um, you know, I'm sure he has grown and changed and maybe he was just having an off night. But what was revealed to me in that moment, um, I just didn't like what I saw. And I, I was just like, nope, not participating in this bullshit. And that's how it goes sometimes, right? Is like, you believe the hype. You're like, you see something on stage or you see something on the, online and you hear all these things and you think, oh my God, this person's an amazing teacher, an amazing coach, an amazing mentor, whatever you think about them, you put them up on some pedestal or you just hold them in a light that the, 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 the rest of the world, <laughs> right? The online world or whatever, is like, you know, blowing sunshine up their ass and they, they're like bowing down to them in, in, in all their magnificence, right? They're, they're basically, um, what's the word? Not pretend, but um, um, uh, manufactured magnificence, right? Um, and then you get a dose of it and you learn for yourself and then you go, oh yeah, I'm, I'm slowly moonwalking out of the room on this one. I am not participating in this bullshit because once you see, you cannot unsee. Once you see, you cannot unsee. And I'm not talking about the truth of people, who they are as children of God. Like, I want to get really clear about this, right? Our brothers and sisters are, are totally innocent. I always say, that's why I say, like, working with me in spiritual mentoring, it's not about fixing you because who you are is already perfect. Who you are is the light of the world and is one of God's kids is already perfect. But this is more about spiritual and personality rehab. This is more about your ego personality right? Could use a little looking at. And we want to look at it through the compassionate and loving lens of the Holy Spirit who sees you for who you really are. But we can't deny that sometimes people act like tormentors and they're kind of dicks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I want to talk about tormentors a little bit more too, because again, I think that we um, don't always value what they're bringing to the table. You know, uh, I talk about my dad a lot. Um, he was my stepfather, right? Uh, I considered my, my stepfather my, my dad. Uh, I talk about them a lot and I often say how, uh, and you might think that, you know, that, um, how do I say this? 
Like it was what it was, you know what I mean? And pe some people hate that phrase, but I really love it. It was what it was, you know, in a lot of 12 step programs, they say you can't go back and build a better pass. It was what it was. My, I say that my dad, my dad was an accidental teacher. Like I always say, his methodology is questionable. <laughs> it was like, holy Jesus, how did we survive that? But he might have been one of my tormentors, but he was definitely within the word. If you just even look at the word tormenta, within that word is the word menta. Right? So it's just a different way to learn. And sometimes we learn through hardship. Sometimes we learn through brutality. Sometimes we learn through kindness. Like there's so many different ways to learn. So torment is contained within them though, some nuggets, some golden nuggets. And although we might not always prefer the way that they go about it or the delivery system or how it feels when we're on the receiving end of it, right? But there's so much, if you're willing to let go of the original meaning that you've assigned to it, which is part of the work that I do with people, right? Is helping them to shift their perspective, to shift their perception from a mindset of fear to a mindset of love, to relinquish the meaning that we gave a thing, to rewrite the story so we can look at it anew. And I call it like mining for the gold, right? We go looking for the things that we might have learned, even if the circumstances were hellish, right? There is something there to glean. Um, and it often takes time so that there can be some healing. And I said, in order for there to be, for something to heal, right? You have to feel it. You have to not make it too real and not make it a big deal. So I always say feel, deal, real, right? Heal. That's the process. Um, so I think that within our lives, I bet right now, if I said to one of you, okay, who, who's one of your tormentors? Boom. Hands would go up and people would have names on the tip of their tongue. They'd be like, boom. And I guarantee you, if we sat there long enough and talked about it and did kind of the process, you know, the, 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 the system that I use uh, in the work that I do with people, uh, you, we, would, we would mine that sucker. And I guarantee you within that story within that story. You know, Joseph Campbell um, talks about it like this. I'm paraphrasing, but he basically says, you know, the treasure lies in the dark cave that you fear to enter, right? If we want the gold, if we want the treasure, we have to sometimes go looking in the places where we least likely think that we'll find it. So that's part of the whole, your story to your glory, right? This work that I do with people is helping them to kind of transform those old stories where we start to realize like, oh, even these tormentors. So when I'm helping people create their spiritual teams, like sometimes people are surprised to say, oh my God, this person was a tormentor. Can they go on my spiritual team? And I say, yeah, because within the tormentor, within the tormentor is the menta. Right. And you might have learned some really incredibly life changing and impactful things again even if we didn't like the way that the lesson came, there was something, it's either the lesson or a blessing or uh, an opportunity uh, to look anew. Um, so very, very, very powerful. And I kind of want to tag on to this um, in, in A Course in Miracles, and, and you'll see, see why I'm, I'm talking about this here. And this really applies to teachers and mentors and helpers and people who guide us along the way. So in the back of A Course in Miracles, and those of you who um, are Course in Miracles students already, you'll know what I'm talking about. In the back of the book is the manual for teachers. So I'm just going to hold up the book really quick. I do this whenever I talk about it. So this big navy blue book, A Course in Miracles, right? At the beginning of the book is the text. 
right? The text part of the book. In the middle of the book is the workbook for students, which are the daily lessons, like the daily meditations. And then in the back is the manual for teachers, which is more like a Q&A section. And back in the manual for teachers, there is a section that I love, and I love to share it with people. I'm sorry, I just totally banged the mic. <laughs> I'm so, I am so, I'm actually really quite clumsy. You would think that after all these years of yoga, um, I trip even when I'm not moving too fast, right? I definitely trip if I'm moving too fast, but I'm the kind of person for whatever reason, like I just tripped the other day in Home Depot, like totally flat surface, like nothing in front of me. I'm walking with my sweetie and all of a sudden I'm like, and I go flying and he looks at me and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And he's like, he was like, oh, I was looking for like an extension cord or something that you tripped over. And I was like, no, that's just me. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to take a sip of water. Okay, so stay with me, you guys. I'm going to read a little bit because I think that this is wicked important. I think this is really helpful, okay? Um, so the levels of teaching in A Course in Miracles. So I'm going to paraphrase. I'm going to do it like KK style first and just tell you, you know, the way that I think of um, the levels of teaching. And then I'm going to read directly from the passages uh, in the book because I think it's wicked, wicked, wicked helpful. Okay, so A Course in Miracles says that there's three different levels of teaching. It also basically tries to make it clear. And how do I say this? How do I say this so that it makes sense and doesn't sound totally mental? <laughs> so A Course in Miracles talks about it. So how do I say this? Um, so what A Course in Miracles and yoga has in common is that they are both non-dualistic thought systems. They are both non-dualistic thought systems. Non-dual, meaning not two, meaning there is just the one. There is just you and God. Like there's no separation. There is just the one. We are all one. Unity, wholeness, holiness. There's just the one. Okay. But we live in this Maya, the illusion. We live in this dream where everything is dualistic, right? Hot, cold, short, tall, skinny, fat, black, white, uh, straight, gay, like go on and on and on and on, and on. wet, dry, like everything here, uh, birth, death, <laughs> sickness, health. This is a world of duality. So A Course in Miracles, when it's teaching us, it's basically teaching us a non-dualistic way of thinking, but it understands that that's wicked hard for us to really wrap our head around. So it uses often non-dualistic language so that we can get it into our thick heads. That's how I think about it, right? So it's not that it's contradicting itself, but it's trying to meet us where we're at so that we can actually understand it. So there's like, and the reason why I'm explaining this to you is because A Course in Miracles would say, that there are three levels of teaching, but it will also go on to say, well, we're, with God, there's only wholeness and there's no separation. So there can't actually be levels of teaching. They're all the same. <laughs> so I just want to clear that up in case you pick up the book for yourself and you're like, what the fuck is happening right now? Okay. But we're just going to do this dualistically for now so that it makes sense. And you'll be like, yeah, that totally makes sense. KK. Okay. So I'm going to read a little bit from this, but so of course, a miracle says there's three levels of teaching. I'm going to say them very quickly. The first one is, is like a very casual encounter. So imagine like you go into the, you pump and gas, you go in, you want to pack a gum, you go in, you give the guy a five, he looks you in the eye, you look him in the eye, you smile at each other and it's beautiful and you have this little 30 second thing, right? The course uses other, um, other um, examples, like a little kid kicks a ball into the road and you pick up the ball. So I'll read that to you in a second. So that's a level of teaching num number one. It's just a casual encounter. 
And then the second level of teaching is a little bit more like fairly intense teaching and learning situation where somebody sticks around for a little while, right? I always use the example like three months, three years, I don't know, right? So somebody comes into your life, it is a really fairly intense like teaching and learning experience. And then you guys appear to separate from each other appear to separate that's a really key thing because you can't really separate in this world the form the form of the relationship might change like we're no longer lovers we're no longer married we're no longer partners we're no longer friends um it appears that you separate but really no 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 children of god can be separate there's nothing but wholeness and oneness okay that's number two and then number three is the the, the highest level of teaching which is once these relationships are established they become like lifelong relationships what i would call the quote unquote special relationships of the world like your parents your partners your kids your sisters, your siblings, your lovers, the people that we put so much attachment to. Level three, lifelong learners, right? Lifelong uh, relationships. So these are the different levels of teaching, okay? And we're gonna, I'm gonna talk to you about like why all of, all of these are mentors, but there's one section in particular that, that doesn't use the word tormented, but that's what they mean, and it's wicked funny to me. So I'm gonna read this a little bit just so you hear this, okay? So let's see. Um, the teachers of God have no set teaching level. Each teaching and learning situation involves a different relationship at the beginning. But listen to this, you guys. All, although they might have different relationships at the beginning, although the ultimate goal is always the same. So listen to this. This is the goal of all of our relationships, whether they last for 30 seconds, three months, three years, or 30 years or our whole lives. Okay. This is the goal is always the same to make of the relationship a holy relationship in which both can look upon the son of God as sinless. Ah. I love that. So A Course in Miracles also has a beautiful line that says, there's no holier place on earth than where an ancient hatred becomes a present day love. And I think this is the work of what we're trying to understand is that our interests with each other is never separate. Our interests are not separate. We all have the same goal, which is to see each other as we really are which is we are the light of the world. We are the Christ within. We are the, the love that is, right? We were created as love by love. That's it. So the ultimate goal is always the same, to make the relationship a holy relationship. Um, and it says, there is no one from whom a teacher of God cannot learn. So there is no one whom he cannot teach. So every time we're interacting, we're, have a teaching, we're having a teaching and a learning situation. And we play both roles often. You know, everybody will be like, we like to put people up on pedestals and be like, oh, they're the mentor, I'm the mentee. Like, yes, in certain situations, but we're all learning and teaching, right? All the time, each other. So listen to this. However, from a practical point of view, we cannot meet everyone, nor can everybody find him or each other, right? So the plan is very specific contacts to be made for each teacher of God, right? Listen to this. Those who are to meet will meet because together they have the potential for a holy relationship. They are ready for each other. <sighs> I love this so much. Those who are supposed to meet shall meet because they're ready for each other. So no matter who you're meeting in your life, right? Whoever you're coming up against and having these moments of mentorship or tormentorship, right? You're supposed to meet. Listen to this. The simplest level of teaching 
appears to be quite superficial. This is, this is teaching level number one. It consists of what seems to be very casual encounters, a chance meeting of two apparent strangers in an elevator. Okay, this is what it's saying. But even, and I'm jumping ahead, I don't wanna read the whole thing to you. Even at the level of the most casual encounter, it is possible for two people to lose sight of separate interests. Hear that, even in the most casual encounter, you can have a holy instant with each other where you start to lose sight of separate interests, meaning you start to understand that the goal is all the same, which is to see each other as sinless, which is to see each other as innocent, which is to see each other as the love that you are. It says, two people can lose sight of separate interests if only for a moment, that moment will be enough. That moment will be enough. It's so good. All right, listen to this. Moving on. This is really important too. Each teaching and learning situation is maximal, meaning it's not lacking anything. It's not minimal. Each opportunity is maximal in the sense that each person involved will learn the most that he can from the other person at the time. You're going to come together. You're going to meet your people and you're going to have a learning experience, right? And each person involved is going to learn the most that they can from each other at the time. Isn't that such great news? So listen to this. So using, uh, let's see, uh, the second level of teaching is a more sustained relationship in which for a time, two people enter into a fairly intense, a fairly intense teaching and learning situation and then appear, appear to separate. So as with the first level, these meetings aren't accidental, nor what appears to be the end of a relationship, is it a real end? Each has learned the most they can at the time, yet all who meet will someday meet again. Listen to this, it is the destiny of all relationships to become holy. Love this so much. Okay, third level of teaching. And I'm finally going to get to the part about the little tormentor part that makes me fucking laugh every time I read it. The third level of teaching occurs in relationship which once they are formed are lifelong. Hello, special relationships. Okay, listen to this. These are teaching and learning situations in which each person is given a chosen learning partner. (laughs) Listen to this who presents him or her with unlimited opportunities for learning. Okay, let's break this down for a sec. So if something is lifelong and it gives you unlimited opportunities for learning, you would be crazy to think that those were all going to be warm and fuzzy learning opportunities. (laughs) There are going to be times where you're going to be brought to your knees. If you are in a lifelong relationship with somebody, it will not always be super, uh, super duper rosy, rosy, like, you know what I'm saying? There's going to be some challenges, going to be some ups, there's going to be some downs because we live in a world of duality. It's just the way that it goes. So listen to this. Okay. These relationships are generally few because their existence implies that those involved have reached a stage simultaneously in which the teaching learning balance is actually perfect. It's perfect. Listen to this. This is the best part. This is the part that makes me laugh about the tormenting piece. Listen, this does not mean that they necessarily recognize this because in fact, they generally do not. 
right? So when you're in a, a relationship, a lifelong relationship with somebody who annoys the shit out of you, you're not sitting there recognizing, oh, this is my lifelong learning partner and this is beautiful, right? A lot of times you're just mostly annoyed. Listen to this. He says, this does not mean that they necessarily recognize this. In fact, they generally do not. They may even be quite hostile to each other for some time and perhaps <laughs> for life. <laughs> So these people who are your greatest level of teaching, you might even be quite hostile towards each other. Tormentors can be mentors. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? We might not always like the way they teach us. We might not always like the way it feels in the moment. But if we're willing to step back, if we're willing to step back, and be the witness consciousness instead of being in it like a victim and applying all this meaning where we're hurt and we're broken and we can't. And when you finally are able to step back, when that time comes for you, I'm not telling you when it should be or how long it should take. I'm telling you, you can glean some beautiful stuff. Listen to this. Um, yeah. This is good. There may be quite hostile to each other sometime and perhaps for life. <laughs> so it's not always a warm and fuzzy, right? And part of this is being able to look back and say, yeah, you know, that really sucked when this thing happened or that thing happened. But you know what? I learned so much about myself or I learned about trusting this or not trusting that or something was revealed to me. You know what I'm saying? And so look at mentors and tormentors. Mentors are great, but tormentors will take you a long way too. And you know you're starting to make a little, um, uh, a little. what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, when things, you're making a little, holy moly, bear with me while I have this brain fat. Uh, progress, you're making a little progress on the spiritual path. When you're able, I think, there's, there's lots of different ways to know, but I think for me, one of the ways is when I can start to look back at the things that were often um, really painful for me, and I can now be grateful for them. And I can say, wow, I would be a totally different person without that experience. And I now understand that whoever shall meet is supposed to meet, shall meet. And so everything was for me. It was all brought to me for my own healing, for my own awareness. Now, this doesn't mean that we have to think it's okay that there was a rape or a murder or a violence or so, I'm not so, I'm not saying about not holding people accountable for things that they did. I'm not saying that you want to become best friends with your um, with your attacker or your rapist or your abuser, right? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying though is that there is an opportunity for learning in the learning teaching. Uh, relationship that comes. There's these three different levels of teaching. And remember, it just appears, it appears that we separate when, when the body dies or the relationship ends. And I always say, what we want to hold on to in those times is simply all the love that was given and all the love that was received because everything else is an illusion. The rest of it is not reality. It's small our reality, but it's not capital our reality, which is who we really are. So Look, I would love, I'm sure you guys have some amazing stories of quote unquote tormentors, <laughs> right? But I always say the story doesn't really get interesting until there is the shift, until the phoenix rises from the ash, until we start to have the transformation, the chrysalis breaks, right? And then the butterfly comes out of the goopy mess of the caterpillar, right? It's like, that's when it's actually like, oh, 
but sometimes we have to kind of be in it, right? I always say suffering, suffering is a great teacher until you find a better teacher. So sometimes while we're in it, we can't quite glean the lesson from it yet. We can't quite glean the glory from the story yet, but it is one of my greatest joys and why I love to do this work so much is to help people shift their mind shift their mind because that's where you will find your freedom and that's where you will find your peace and that's where you will find your happiness when we shift our mind from fear to love and we start to see things is not so black and white is not so dualistic that you can see within um you can see within the things that we would have labeled bad we can start to glean something from it something that is useful or helpful or valuable um, and it is astonishing it is astonishing the world that you see when you make a, a conscious and consistent effort um, to see the light. You know, darkness is just the illusion of a lack of light. You know, darkness is not a thing of its own. There's only the light. And the lack of light is what we appear to think of, of darkness, but it's still an essence of light. It's so fascinating when I think about it that way. So, but I'm not going to go off on some tangent because I know that I can. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap it up right there, right? And I just want to say to you guys, thank you so much. I hope something that I shared from my heart today also landed in yours. Maybe it got you to think. I always say like my, my, my gig here in sharing these things and in the mentoring work that I do and the writing that I do and the posts and the content, whatever I'm creating, uh, hopefully I'm co-creating it with my spiritual team so that it's valuable to uh, beyond myself, <laughs> right? Um, but it's always, it's always um, my, my greatest hope that it can, um, I always say, I'm not telling you what to think. I'm never telling you what to think. It's always just an invitation to think, to know that there's a different way to think about things and to maybe just keep an open mind and to look at something from a new point of view and a new perspective. That's what I love to do is to, I say, I, I do this show to either educate, elevate, enlighten, or entertain. And that's always my hope, even sometimes just to make you guys laugh. <laughs> so you don't feel so alone in the world, you know, because I know how that can feel sometimes. So anyways, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I love you guys. I love hanging out with you and spending this time together. Um, go on my website if you want to know what's going on. I got a retreat coming up. I got a one-day retreat coming up in April next year. Uh, the November retreat, I'm still taking, um, still inviting people to come and join. Uh, the doors close uh, tomorrow night, I think, to sign up. I got to send out a newsletter actually about that to remind people. Actually, you're going to hear this too late anyways, probably. It won't matter. What's today? Today is October 29th. So yeah, so the doors are closing in the next few days. But so by the time you guys hear this, it won't matter. <laughs> so sorry about that. Oopsie. Um, all right. So um I love you guys. I appreciate you. I celebrate you. Uh, wherever you go, wherever you go out into the world, right? Be a blessing, man. Do your best to be a blessing, to leave the people, the place, the animals, the environment that you go into. Uh, may you leave it uh, more, more light and more easy and more beautiful than when you first got there. Uh, may your presence be a blessing to those who are in your presence. Okay, you guys, I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. 
You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.